The NCAA is looking to put more policies in on NIL and college sports. How does that impact the University of Arkansas? We'll talk about that as well as the Razorback baseball team taking care of business against Auburn in a much, much, much needed series victory. And also some updates on how Arkansas became a pipeline for Texas A&M basketball. This is the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. As we know, uh, we're getting closer and closer into the, the summer months and having a lot of fun with that. And, of course, Razorback baseball taking care of business, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, it was a great weekend, beautiful weekend, too, and got to go up to Razorback Stadium and play top golf up there uh, this past weekend, which – it was fun. It was fine, but uh, it's definitely not worth the price of admission. If you ask me, if you ask me, but either way, it was still pretty fun and I uh, got all that done and, you know, just try to stay busy and have fun with that too. But either way, I, I know that obviously there, there are a lot of things that all of you want to hear about and, and, you know, talk about with Razorback baseball and, you know, all the other news that's going on. And we understand that it's a little slower this time of year besides Razorback baseball and of course the softball team doing their thing. Like we understand that. Uh, but one thing that I will say that I have been tweeted at or about or asked about or seeing in comments and, and all of that is something that actually happened last week heading into this week uh, is continuing the discussion of NIL. Now, some of you may be tired of hearing about this, but some of you may be sick and tired of having to uh, you know go through all the policies and changes and updates and everything. But it's a daily thing that you're having more and more stuff come out about what the NCAA is trying to do and trying to regulate when it comes to the NIL. And I'm, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that's going to go on, or at least some of the possible uh, policy changes that are happening here as well. But here's my thing, and I want to start with this. It, the NCAA is a very easy punching bag for many different reasons. Like, I, I understand that. They, they get made fun of, they get mocked, they get yelled at, they get... You know, all this stuff thrown at them where rightfully so they deserve it. They do so many things wrong. And the thing that about this NIL stuff that has really frustrated me more than anything when it comes to the NCAA is that they knew this was going to happen at some point in time. They could have gotten ahead of the game. They could have over time and over years started putting things in place, started trying to put some regulations, put some policies in place when this inevitably would happen to where when it finally did happen and Congress and everybody getting involved with the local governments, state governments, everything, put forth this and made it illegal that they would have stuff in place ready to roll whenever that it happened so that way it would be as smooth of a transition as possible into this new world. But instead, because the NCAA once again, shows just how completely and totally inept they are. They weren't ready for this at all. It's almost like, you know, somebody keeps telling you that, hey, there's going to be an earthquake in a few years that's going to be pretty, pretty devastating. It's going to be crazy. You know, you better be ready for it. 
okay, okay, and time, time, and then when the earthquake happens, and all of a sudden, all you know, you everything's destroyed, and it's crazy, and it's madness and chaos and everything. You're sitting there like, well, well I mean, what? Well, I guess we'll, uh, well, we'll try to get everything replaced. Well, you don't have insurance. Okay, well, we'll try to, you know, build everything back. Well, you don't have the materials for it. It's like they, they just completely acted like they weren't ready for this. And now that they've shown just how extremely powerless they are in the whole mess and the whole mess that, that you know, they're trying to overcorrect where it happened. It's out of Pandora's out of the box or whatever that stupid phraseology is. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's out and they're trying to put it back in. Toothpaste is out, put it back in, whatever. And they can't do that. So essentially what we're talking about is that it's the Wild West out there. There are no terms. There's no regulations. There's nothing except for the, the bare minimum. And it varies from state to state that the NCAA is just like, we don't know what to do. Athletic directors are the same way. They're on one side of the aisle. You got commissioners like Greg Sankey trying to figure this all out. It's, it's just insane. And so according to Ross Dellinger of SportsIllustrated.com, does a great job. Apparently, college leaders are strongly urging the NCAA enforcement team to begin investigating what they deem obvious recruiting violations, past and present, uh, because donor-led collectives that have struck deals with players before they sign binding letters of intent are violating rules, and it says that they are trying to figure out a way to keep boosters from getting involved. Uh, this is coming from Rick George, who's the athletic director of Colorado. He says, this is the time that they we have to put our stake in the ground. Enough. This is not acceptable. What we're doing is not good for intercollegiate athletics, and it has got to stop. Uh, apparently, that it, they're trying to put this into place where the guidance clarifies existing NCAA bylaws that prohibit boosters from being involved in recruiting. Any booster or booster-led collective that has been found associated with prospects about recruiting college or high school will have found be found to violate NCAA rules, put the boosters at risk of sanctions. In addition, a booster or booster-run collectives cannot communicate with a student-athlete or others affiliated with a student-athlete to encourage them to remain enrolled or attend an institution. Now, I am fully on board with boosters not getting involved with the recruitment of players. Like, I, I don't think that that's good for anybody involved to where it essentially becomes a, a pissing match between schools of trying to figure out who can offer the most money for the biggest players and, and get them in. Like, I, I'm not in favor of that. I, but my thing is, is this. You're not going to prevent that from happening. It was happening before. It was happening everywhere before. And you're certainly not going to prevent it from happening now. Um, but there seems to be a lot of things that everybody wants to have kind of regulated and now it's just kind of getting out of hand. I can understand, too, from the perspective of some, that this is, this is problematic for them. And there's some that are loving this. Like, I, I'm, I could sit here and name some schools, but, you know, like, I think Texas A&M is probably one of those programs that's absolutely loving what's going on right now in NIL. I think Arkansas is one of those programs that are taking advantage as much as possible of the current setup of the NIL and trying to make it as uh, beneficial to them as humanly possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, there does, yeah, there need to be regulations. Of course they do. But also at the end of the day, I think these bigger programs that are the ones that are crowing the most about it and having the issues about it. Like here, here's, okay, let me put it this way. Let me rephrase this. You have two, there's two sides of it. You have the side over here that's just loving everything that's going on. 
that's, you know, just rolling through the punches, doing everything they can within the legality of the system, not worrying about anything else, just getting it done. You know, they're not crowing, they're not complaining, they're not whining. They're like, all right, well, here's the rules in place, so let's go and get them. And then you have the other side of the aisle, which is composed of two different groups of people. You have the group over here of schools that can't compete in the NIL. They just don't have the boosters. They don't have the funding. They don't have they don't have any of the businesses, all that. They can't compete at the highest level because of NIL. And then on also in this group, you have the programs and coaches that were so used to dominating the recruiting field to where now, because other programs have elevated their game with NIL, that suddenly they can't compete as much anymore, or at least the playing field has been elevated to where now other programs are able to compete for players that these other schools were just getting because of being those programs. And to me, those two sides over there are the ones that, like, I can understand if you don't have the NIL ability to compete, at, like, because that's, that's something you just can't help. But the coaches and everybody that's over here and that's involved that just are mad because you got other programs that are starting to compete for the players that you used to get, get to getting is I, I laugh at those people. I'm like, that just goes to show you that they don't want to deal with this. I think that this was another thing that made a lot of these college basketball coaches, legendary coaches, maybe start to get out of the game. Um, you know, I think that you can say about Roy Williams or Coach K or whatever, you can say old age there too. But I think Jay Wright getting out of the game over at Villanova uh, was a big part of it because they saw that they, as big time programs, there's going to be a lot of changes that they wouldn't be able to compete with. And now in football, you're seeing Dabo Sweeney, you're seeing Nick Saban, you're seeing Kirby Smart taking all these issues with it. And it's like, yeah, you're taking issues with it because people are starting to up their game and you don't have that advantage is what you once did. So I go back and say again, I believe in regulation of the NIL. I believe that there should be some policies in place. I believe that boosters should not have direct contact with high school kids or kids that are on teams already or anybody on the transfer portal, they should not be involved. I am for that, and I understand that, but I also understand the reality that there's no way of you know policing that just because you couldn't do it before, and you're not going to be able to do it now. But what I am in favor of is also is that, or I should say what I'm not in favor of is being the NIL being controlled or being manipulated or whatever by these other coaches that are whining because they can't compete or these other coaches and programs that don't have the NIL capability, I just feel like it should be used as another recruiting pitch for these other schools. Arkansas is a prime example of that. Now, I don't have any like, you know, direct correlation or you know evidence or anything that this is what's going on with, uh, with Arkansas or with programs that feel their way about Arkansas, but I'm using Arkansas as an example. I guarantee you there are players out there and there are uh, recruits or whatever transfers that are aware of Arkansas's NIL capabilities. And suddenly they become extremely interesting because I believe Arkansas's NIL program is premier. It's, it's phenomenal. It's doing a great job. And they are getting into the minds and into the, into the mix with some big-time players in college sports, which they normally wouldn't have a chance at, normally. But they are because of the great NIL program that Arkansas has. Now, I'm not saying that Arkansas is directly contacting these people and saying this is why you need to come here or boosters, anything like that. I'm not accusing them. I'm just saying that if you're a high school kid or if you're a transfer, 
if you use common sense, you see that Arkansas, hey, they they take care of their players. They take care of the name, image, and likeness. They really boost these guys up into giving them phenomenal opportunities for me to make money if I go to Arkansas. I think they recognize that. And so Arkansas has become one of those programs that these coaches and that everybody else has a problem with because they don't want Arkansas to be there. They don't want Arkansas to be on their level. They don't want Arkansas to recruit at the level that they have been. They want Arkansas to stay where they belong. They want Arkansas to stay in a borderline top 25 recruiting class every year in football and, you know, just hang out over there, finish your fourth in the West or third in the West at best, and just go back and stretch. Like, that's all they want. And so that's where it kind of draws the line in the sand where, with these new regulations that are coming in, is it going to impact Arkansas in a negative way? No, I don't think it will. But I can't tell you how happy I am that Arkansas is taking advantage of the NIL and kind of putting everything in there in the right perspective and pe putting people into the right place. This is going to be a long, drawn-out process. It's going to—it's already madness. It's chaos. It's stupid. It's none of it makes sense. Everybody's losing their mind. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Like it's, it's insane right now, but if you're a Razorback fan, you have to be extremely happy. Of course, with the athletic department, that's putting great success out on the fields and on the courts and everything pretty much across the board. But you also have to be extremely happy with the understanding that the NIL can be a very beneficial thing to universities as well as to student athletes. And that Arkansas within the rules and regulations that have been put forth, they're not getting left behind. They're not sitting back and just waiting and hoping that people will come to the University of Arkansas just because of the Razorback on the helmet. Yeah, there may be some, but sometimes you always need those extra edges, you need those extra benefits. And for right now, Arkansas is taking advantage of it. Now, once these new rules and regulations come in, we'll see how stringent that the NCAA gets. We'll see how much it's actually effective. We'll see when it goes into effect, because a lot of this stuff, we have no idea when it's all going to go down. But... I'm just not going to sit back and just allow, just like so many other times, these bigger coaches that are that are upset with the way the NIL is being handled. They're not upset because it's a, that they feel like it's wrong. They're upset because their their livelihood got affected. You know, they're, they're, they they got a little uh, shaken up when it comes to the way that things were and how they were just at the top of the top. Now they're not. So I don't have any sympathy for them. But it comes down to this. Arkansas, within the rules, doing whatever they can, continue to do that and continue to do and build this program across the board, football, basketball, baseball, softball, golf, whatever. Continue to just build it and make it into a monster because I feel like once you have that monster started, once you create it, you got to feed it. And then the whole thing, Arkansas has enough to feed it. They have plenty to go around when it comes to feeding that monster for years and years to come. So I can't wait to see how it all goes down. Uh, we'll talk Razorback baseball here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. You know, I'm, you know about Built Bar. I got to tell you about Built Bar all the time, man. I'm over here trying to trying to get everything going when I'm moving and shaking all over the place. And I never have time for anything, it seems like. But I never have to worry about not having enough time to eat because Built Bar is so fast and convenient. It tastes great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And it's the best protein bar you will ever have. And it's covered with 100% chocolate. And not only that, but they have so many different flavors to choose from. So you're talking about basically every single option available with Built Bar. And we have a great deal for you. If you go to Built.com and you're in promo code LOCKED15, 
you'll get 15% off your next order. Doesn't matter how many you, you end up buying. Doesn't matter if you buy the whole store. Just enter in that promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. So head over to build.com, enter in promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, final, uh, not final segment. I'm jumping the gun here. Uh, Razorback baseball takes care of business in the uh, series against Auburn. And I'll say this, that it was so nice to see the Razorbacks kind of like, I'm trying to figure this team out. I am trying to figure this team out. They are a good team, a really good team in, in, in baseball. Like they're a top five team. I don't think that's any at all question, but I'm trying to figure out just how good they can be like. We're talking about Arkansas, who's sitting at 36 and 12 right now, 16 and 8 in conference play, leading the SEC West and having a pretty good lead on it overall. But there's times where it's just like, okay, but are they good enough to make it to Omaha? Are they good enough to win it all? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know if this team is going to be a team that plays for the national championship in the College World Series title. Would I be surprised? No, because their pitching is really good. Across the board, their pitching is good. Defense is really solid. We know that they had some struggles with hitting and everything, but then there's just sometimes like the, the series victory over Auburn where they got some timely hits and everything, and they took care of business and got some home runs. And, and not only that, but in game three uh, where Arkansas won the rubber match, yeah, there, were, there was a home run hit, but it, it was like some good like singles and doubles and everything. So... It's just it's really hard to figure out what this baseball team is. It's really hard to figure out just how good they are, how good they're going to be once postseason comes around. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. Like, you know that, um, you know, like last year, for instance, you were the number one overall seed. You were the best team in college baseball. And you didn't even make it to Omaha. So I don't think Razorback fans are sitting back and saying like, oh, well, we got to win all these series. We got to do this. We got to do that in order for us to believe because last year you had all of that and you still didn't make it. So I think most Razorback fans are understanding that just because you're winning series just, or just because you lose games or whatnot doesn't mean you're going to win it all and doesn't mean you're not even going to make it. Like it's it's a very fluid situation when it comes to postseason in Razorback baseball and, and in college baseball in general. But I think it's just where <laughs> Razorback fans, series to series, game by game, everyone kind of sits back and like, yeah, we don't know what what what's going to happen. We don't know what to expect. Sure, we believe we can win. Sure, we believe they we can win the series. Probably should win the series, but we may not. I mean, we, we we could we could win this game, but we we could also lose the game. I mean, our pitching's really good, but we can't hit at times. But we can't score. But the other team may not be able to get any hits because of our pitching. So maybe if we score just enough, we can be able to win. It's just. No one knows. No one knows what to expect. And that kind of makes it a lot of fun because it, it you could see going into any series because you have Vanderbilt coming up this weekend in Baumwalker Stadium. Then you have Alabama the next weekend, and then you're done for the uh, regular season. But it's like you could look at all these uh, different scenarios and different 
series and everything and just be like, if Arkansas beat Vanderbilt this week, am I going to be surprised? Nope. If they lose, won't be surprised? Nope. No. But the most important thing right now for Arkansas is they got to continue to build that RPI, which I think they did a great job of after this past weekend because they got to make sure that they get a national seed. That's what they have to do. You don't want them to, because, like, yeah, they're number four team in the country as of right now. We'll see what, uh, at the recording of this podcast, we'll see what D1 baseball and everybody ranks them at. Um, but you can't, like, you're, people think that, oh, because you're number four there, you're going to be, not necessarily, because Arkansas had, a, had an RPI that's not very good. And so, like, D1 baseball had Arkansas as the nine seed, so right outside the national seed. So all Arkansas has to do in these final two series, six games left, do enough to be able to be that national seed. I don't care if you're number six or you know four or whatever. I'd like, I'd prefer right there in the middle. You don't want to be eight. Like, I'd prefer right there in the middle where you're probably like four or five. Do that and you'll be in perfect position. I think that'd be the most ideal situation for Arkansas. But who cares if you go two and one, two and one? Or who cares if you go two and one and one and two? Or vice versa? Just as long as you get that national seed that's the thing that's going to matter the most because, as we know, in postseason, you never know what to expect. But it's like when I talk about this team or when I talk to people about this team, none of it makes sense. All of it's very weird, but we try anyways. We try to make it all come together and make sense, but sometimes a little bit more difficult. But either way, uh, we'll see how it all goes down for Vanderbilt this weekend. But, man, this has just been a weird time. Weird, uh, weird team. Love this team. Really good team. But just a weird team trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do week to week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all the sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses. I guess, well, the Kentucky Derby had this past week. But for those of you who didn't go online, you should have looked at it before. Uh, BetOnline is your number one continued source for sport wagering information, as well as live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to see all the trends and actions at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, real quick, uh, final segment of the Locked On Podcast. A few things that happened I saw over the weekend, especially with Razorback basketball. Uh, K.K. Robinson is transferring to Texas A&M. He officially announced that. And it's just so funny. I'm like, man, what is it about A&M? I guess uh, because I think that Buzz... Williams down at AM. Everyone was complaining. I remember last year, like towards the end of the year, about how they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament and all this crap, uh, which, uh, you know, one way or the other, they didn't make it. And I don't think they deserved it because they lost like nine straight games in conference play. And if, hey, if you don't do that, you probably make the tournament. So just because you got hot towards the end doesn't mean you deserve to get in. Sorry. You got to do more during the regular season, too. So, anyways, but they keep. Going into the transfer portal and, you know, trying to get some guys. And they, like, add K.K. Robinson. I remember they added, of course, uh, uh, Ethan Henderson last year, too. And I just saw that. I was like, okay. And K.K., listen, I wish nothing K.K. nothing but the best. Dude was a phenomenal player coming out of high school. But for whatever reason, he just couldn't make it work. He couldn't put it all together for Arkansas and Eric Musselman. Um, but it's just like there's that connection there that just seems to continue to go on and continue to be had where uh, Buzz Williams keeps getting these players from Arkansas. So he's going A&M. Arkansas could face him next year. And you know, people are like, oh, man, can't wait to see him go for 40 points against us. Eh, I don't know about all that. I don't I don't see that happening. But, again, wish him nothing but the best of luck. 
Uh, but I just thought that was really interesting that AM continues to get a couple transfers each year, uh, or at least transfer each year from Arkansas. And if they do it next year, make it three in a row, that'll be uh, extremely strange as well. But uh, kudos to him and congratulations. Also, a big thing too for Arkansas basketball is uh, they made the cut for a, another five star player uh, as part of the, uh, the next year's recruiting class, Ron Holland. Uh, he's Arkansas and his top seven schools. Uh, he's from Duncanville, Texas. Who else is Duncanville, Texas? Oh, yeah, Jordan Black. How about that? Uh, not Jordan Black, Anthony Black. Uh, yeah, so he's a really good prospect. 6'8", 200 pounds. He has Texas, UCLA, Memphis, Houston, Auburn, and Kentucky, as well as Arkansas on the list, as well as uh, the NBA G League as an option, too. Uh, Holland is the number two power forward in the country, number four overall recruit in the nation for the 2023 class, and the number one prospect in Texas. Uh, he says, they're recruiting me well. Talking about Arkansas, I had a Zoom call with them. They see a lot of potential in me. They check on me every day after practice, after school on the Zoom. They showed me how the game fits, how my game fits with theirs. And so, uh, yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm like, okay, let's do that. Let's let's make that happen. Let's get some more five stars here at Arkansas because, uh, you know, Lord knows that uh, you can't ever have too many, too many Razorback uh, five stars coming in. But I thought that was interesting, too, to see how it all goes down. And hopefully Arkansas is able to take care of business. But Eric Musselman still making some moves and his staff still trying to make it all happen for the uh, not only next year, but for the year after that as well. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Lockdown Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see.